Hello and welcome to Shattered Lines, an informed, conversational, cutting-edge radio show in touch with today's issues that impact the lives of crime victims, addressing the aftermath of crime, forging a path for hope, building awareness, and empowering listeners for the future. This is Donna Argor, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, welcoming you to today's show and to our library of weekly archive shows. It is our goal to make a difference. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, my esteemed audience, whenever you happen to, happen to be listening to this. Um, welcome to another Saturday edition of uh, Shattered Lies Radio. And um, today we have a brand new guest with uh, cutting-edge information, as always. And we're sort of going to be embarking on another short series of um, uh, issues um, um, along the way, interspersed with our other crime-related shows, um, having to do with elder care because it permeates our society with all of our um, the things that we contend with. We all have family. We all age daily, and I think it's very important to to um, to address these issues. And um, so today, um, it is, um, in a manner of speaking, crime-related because we are going to be touching on um, not only elder care, but the issue of fraud and how um, our elderly can be more um, vulnerable to many different aspects of fraud. And I was very um, fortunate to be invited to a um, a conference in December um, sponsored by uh, Connecticut AARP um, and they had a number of guests that really showcased the, the, the issue of fraud. And I'm very happy to have one of our um, very, very esteemed uh, volunteers with Connecticut AARP, uh, Byron Peterson. So before we do that, though, I want to say good morning to Delilah, and I think we might, uh, I'd like to do just a very short blo- uh, plug for um, a conference that's coming up uh, our way. So, good morning, Delilah. Good morning. Good morning. And I, I'm sure you're speaking about the Q Center for Missing Persons Conference, which um, is held in Wilmington, North Carolina, each year. This year, we're, uh, the dates are March 15th through the 18th. Um, and we're lining up, a, a, again, a great lineup of speakers and class instructors. So, it's open for anyone in law enforcement, um, missing persons advocates, search and rescue and recovery agencies, um, or or people who are just interested in supporting families that have missing persons. So it's uh, it's a great organization. It's a great conference, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of food, and a lot <laughs> of new friends. So how can they get information? What's the best source for them to go right right now, Delilah? Um, I would say hit the website. The website is ncmissingpersons.org, and the conference registration information will be there. Super. Very good. Yes, and I'm, um, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, you and I are both very fortunate to be um, state coordinators, so 
that's uh, that's something very important to uh, look forward to, and it's coming up very soon. So, um, without further ado, let's get back to our topic at hand. Um, Byron Byron Peterson has a has a, a background in, in uh, human human resources management uh, for. Fortune 500 companies, and uh, he officially signed on as a volunteer, I believe, in uh, 2012 in Connecticut. But I believe people can be uh, a member, of which there are many benefits, and I think he'll touch on that for us, when you're at the uh, young age of 50. So um, I think sometimes people have a different mindset about, oh, I'm too young young for that. So we want to touch on a little bit about the um, the benefits of AARP and what they have to offer. And uh, then we will get into our uh, topic at hand. So Byron, um, thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure to have you and welcome to the Shattered Wives family of shows today. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm pleased to be here. Well, it's, it's our pleasure. So, um, why don't we just give people just a little thumbnail sketch about AARP and the scope of it and what the benefits might might be, and um, and then we'll, we'll get on to our, our our topic. I think it's very important that that people know about these resources. Yes, uh, AARP, as you know, is a national organization. Nationally, we have about 38 million members. Uh, we offer a variety of opportunities for people to, to volunteer, but also to, to participate in other ways. Uh, we have programs, uh, for example, we, you mentioned that you can become a member at 50, but you also, at that, that tender age, as we'll say, of 50, you can uh, participate in community programs that AARP presents about uh, how to uh, prepare yourself for, for aging, how to uh, prepare your house as you get older. Uh, livable Communities is one of the programs we have. Uh, you can talk about and learn about how to uh, adjust your house to fit your changing body, your changing ways. Uh, we also have a program called Disrupt Aging. That's basically going to help people understand that aging is not, a, 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 you know, I hate to say it, a, a, a negative, that uh, you can still be young and also teach you how to deal with people's false concepts about those who are older. Uh, third, we have a program called Caregiving Roadshow here in Connecticut where those who are caregivers can come and attend the program and learn different aspects of how to deal with those who need their assistance, also what resources are available uh, in the state of Connecticut. Uh, then, of course, people know we have uh, discounts for being an AARP member. I I've been an AARP member since I was 50. I won't mention how many years ago that was, but um, the last... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last six years or so, I like to say I activated my membership by becoming a volunteer. So those are the quick uh, thumbnail of some of the issues here, in, uh, not some of the issues, some of the benefits here in Connecticut uh, nationally as well. But here in Connecticut, we have over 600,000 members in AARP. So we're a pretty formidable group. Yeah, it, it certainly does sound like it. And I want to give a plug to Erica Michalowski, also the I believe regional manager, and she's the one that's helping coordinate a couple of other shows. And I think we may have a guest um, coming up at, at when 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 I get to connect with her regarding the caregiver road show because it sounds very um, very good conceptually, and I think that'll be a lot of good information to pass on. Uh, isn't that right? Yes, Erica is the uh, the community outreach director for Connecticut. 
and she oversees quite a few programs, caregiving, uh, the life, uh, life, uh, livable communities, disrupt aging, uh, fraud watch network. Uh, so she's the contact person that you can get hold of just to find out what's available, what where they're at. Some of our, our private sessions within certain groups, but there are quite a few public sessions, and she can let you know what's going on. Well, well, that's great. Um, let's let's not forget to share um, uh, contact information before the end of the show as well. So Certainly. That, yeah, that, that's great. So with respect to um, our topic, um, I know we're talking. We're going to talk about the Elder Fraud Watch Network, and and this is um, this is a national scope, is it not, um, Byron? Yes, AARP uh, provides a, a national program called the Fraud Watch Network. And each state has uh, its part to play uh, within the presentation and getting that information out to individuals. So let's let's expound expound upon that and and tell me uh, perhaps an overview of what the what what the network is, and then we can talk about how it evolved and that that type of thing. Okay. All right. Well, the um, network is is one which we want people to take a look inside the mind of a criminal want to learn the tactics to protect both themselves and their loved ones, and also who to contact uh, in the respective states they're in. Uh, so it does give you access to resources and a network of experts, law enforcement, and people in your community who can help you to spot and avoid fraud and identity theft so you can protect yourself. Anyone, even though we focus on the elderly, anyone uh, of any age can access our alert warnings about latest scams, information about how con artists target the victims, a network that you can share experience with others, and uh, all this is free of charge. And if you're interested, you can be trained as a volunteer, as I have been and my team, uh, so you can coach your peers, because it's peer education. You coach your peers on how to avoid fraud, and it's one of the many ways that AARP gives you tools to protect your family and yourself, uh, your financial security. Um, Do you have to be a member to find out this information, or can you just be a, a resident and kind of, uh, you know, access the information? Yes, you can, but you don't. I'm sorry, you don't have to be a member. Uh, it can be anyone, uh, and also any age, as I mentioned earlier, to uh, obtain this information about Fraud Network. Um, if you can go online and uh, yeah. you know, just you have your pencil they, there. You, how do they get it? You can go online and uh, go to aarp.org forward slash Fraud Watch Network. Also, if you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this might be a good time, Byron, if you want to plug some of the benefits of being a member of AARP. What what does this organization bring to people who are are aging? Let's put it that way, (laughs) because I'm definitely one of those. But give us give us an overview, maybe, of AARP and the benefits and why why we should be members. Well, AARP provides a variety of educational opportunities for people to participate in to learn the ways of how to deal with, if you want to say, aging. I mentioned earlier, uh, when you grow older, you know, you're, you change. Physically, you can't get up and down the steps as much as you'd like or you can't reach as much as you like. So they, they, they have programs to help you identify ways of bringing your home, in other words, letting your home age with you, so to speak. Uh, another way is uh, we have a safe driver program uh, to teach you how to uh, drive better, but more importantly, how to recognize that as you get older, certain things do diminish and how to protect yourself and kind of help you uh, resonate that issue. Um, 
I mentioned earlier caregiving uh, is not only just for those who are caregivers, it's also a good thing for those who are receiving care to understand things they need to um, address and provide to, be, to, one, to become a caregiver, what it takes, uh, and, and two, uh, how to deal with the, the issues and what resources are available. I think the other thing, it, uh, it gives you the opportunity to learn how to talk to your adult parent, uh, maybe whose driving is now at age 85 or 100, as I had with my uncle, um, who just refused to, to say, I can't drive anymore, how to have that conversation with them without you know, getting him or her upset that you're trying to take away an opportunity. And, and the result was, in his case, he reduced his driving and eventually gave up his license at age 95. Uh, wow. But some of the things you look at. Plus, we also have a few fun things called movies for grown-ups. Here in the Greater Bridgeport area in December, with the introduction of Star Wars, we had an opportunity for people to come see it, preview it free, uh, uh, thanks to the benefit ARE and the movie industry has provided some of those uh, come up, and we announce those when they happen. They get, there you get a chance to see a movie, but you get to learn a little bit more about AARP as well. Uh, Are here there in the discounts Greater... for goods and services? Discounts for goods and services, discounts for things like uh, the uh, the zoo here in um, in Bridgeport, where you as an AARP member can go free. And sometimes during the summer we have programs there. You can bring your children at a discount as well. Um, you have a discount going to uh, – uh, other other areas uh, like the uh, uh, the uh, uh, what I'm thinking of um, restaurants of and things like right, that. Right, right. Some of that's national. You have the national ones. You can walk into uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts and you buy a cup of coffee. Uh, you get a discount rate, but you also can get a free donut. Don't tell that to everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those are some oh, of the things that are beneficial, both the national discounts and here in Connecticut, some local discounts. Well, that's good. I, and, and I mean, you, you have the, the educational component, like, like you were telling me. Um, I believe if you're looking for something, you're a senior and you're not, you, don't, you have some time on your hands, you could get involved locally, civically, legislatively, um, and Absolutely. also become a, become a partner in any of these um, myriad of programs and reach out and help other people. So, and if what what is the um what is the membership cost is it uh, is it the same across uh, you know all 50 states nationally it's the same yes i believe it's 16 dollars um uh, a year but it, it, it as you multiple years it uh, the the uh, the uh, you get a discount as you know, two three four year uh, membership but there's a national membership yes and it's okay Okay, well that that's that's great, and then you just present your card at these various things, and they they give you uh, correspondence in terms of what your benefits are once you get your card and you join. Correct? Absolutely. And if you have access to a computer, you can yeah. get online and receive on a, a, a you know, weekly basis different uh, ways of how to deal with your health, different information about uh, taxes, different information about uh, issues in your particular state that you need to be aware of. Uh, issues such as the top 10 cities to retire in, uh, some of the top 10 cities to visit. Uh, there's little travel opportunities that they mention. Uh, those are some of the benefits that you would get as a member uh, of being uh, able to have communication uh, given to you about different aspects that, uh, of your life that you can have fun with. But the thing is that AARP wants you to age uh, with uh, dignity, and you can uh, do that taking advantage of some of the programs that will give you advice and information of how to do that. Well, that's 
I think that's great, and that's certainly a very um, very reasonable cost for for what you you would have access to. I think so. So that's that's a great overview. Overview. I, I appreciate that. Um, with with regard um, to the, um, the the fraud watch network, tell us um, how how that actually evolved and what it's comprised of. Okay, well, about five years ago, um, and I'm, I'm, my time might be a year or so off. The national uh, office decided to uh, take this program and, and spread it out uh, across a few states to to test it because it was becoming quite, aware, quite obvious that senior individuals were being uh, targeted and became victims of fraudulent behavior and activities. Uh, in Connecticut, we started it about four years ago. But as I mentioned earlier, the, the, one of the key things was to provide people with access to resources and information of how to identify and how to spot these fraudulent activities and then protect yourself. Um, when you keep in mind that uh, I hate to throw the numbers out, but we need to be aware of them because they're real, that the total number of victims that were identified through a survey in 2016 was 15.4 million people. The total fraud amount in 2016 of what was identified in this survey is over $16 billion. Wow. That indicates That's quite a bit. And, and there are a variety of things which we'll get into later, some of the things of ways that these are done. But... Um, this was one of the issues that AARP, whose basic provision is to provide, as I say, aging with dignity, was also to help you protect your financial security. This was one of the reasons why it became a concern and why it was started. Okay. Well, yeah, those numbers are staggering. What, um, which, which aspects of, of scams would you like to um, uh, embark upon First, and maybe you know, a lot of times it really uh, sticks in our memory. If we illuminate it with uh, human stories, I remember attending the conference, and it was very engrossing because you were able to tell human stories about what happened with this and with that. Yeah, I think um, you know, uh, basically, I could talk about the top three uh, that people should be aware of. Um, you know, the, the, really, the, the number one that was brought to our attention in 2016 was debt collection. Uh, a number one complaint, followed by um, imposter and identity theft scams. Uh, let me touch about the last two because those are the ones that get a lot of the headlines, uh, and people just go like, oh. And we talk about the imposter scam. And right now with uh, tax season coming upon us, this is one of the biggest uh, scams that people will have to be worried about is the IRS scam, where someone will call you and pretend to believe uh, make you believe that they happen to be an IRS uh, uh, official, officer, employee, and that uh, you have a problem, you owe them money, and they'll they'll come across nice in some cases, as you kind of express some incredulous belief. They become they could become a little nastier, a little tougher, but they always provide, they always give you a sense of authority, so you, you're a little fearful. Now, personally, uh, this happened to me several years ago. And it kind of caught me off guard because I had just finished dealing with an IRS issue with my accountant, and we just were in the process of resolving it, and I get this call. So it was very close to the time, and I had a suspicion, like, well, geez, you know, I thought we resolved this. Until I remembered, mm. IRS will call you. IRS will usually send you a letter before they make any call. You really have to be far down the, the chain of discussions before a call happens. And with that, I thanked them, hung up, 
went to my tax guy, and we both agreed it was a false, and it turned out to be, as we both recognized, a false approach. But it can catch you. You know, you can be the most accredited individual with six, five, ten, twenty degrees, and see, I'm talking about educational degrees, and figure you're a very smart person, but you can be duped and sometimes uh, surprised and, and may often give up information that you shouldn't. Um, other imposter, are, are, uh, are these automated robocalls? I mean, how do they... How does anybody get get on these these calling lists, and can you get yourself removed? Uh, well, uh, they can get your your name um, uh, by going online. Uh, I always tell people go, uh, go ahead and Google yourself and see how much information about you out, is out there. Um, right. uh, they can uh, from that some of the robocalls that might happen is they'll call a home, and you may answer, and nobody might be on the phone. You just hear a click, but that lets them know somebody's there. And they may call, but in many cases they do their homework. <coughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> they do their homework because they'll call you by name, and they can get that information a variety of ways. Believe it or not, some of it can be low tech, such as going through your garbage or through your mail. A little bit of times it could be high tech uh, by hacking into your your computer messages. Um, but there are a variety of ways they can get your name, and they'll call you, and it seems so real. Now the question of can I can I uh, block the calls or get rid of it, many times they'll do what we call uh, spoofing, and they'll have a phone number, which will be an actual IRS number, but not connected to IRS. They can, they can make up those numbers by spoofing, and you think, I have a government uh, agency calling me. Uh, so they have many ways of fooling you. Um, and then, of course, we basically tell people, remember a couple of things. One, IRS won't call you. Uh, two, if there's a demand uh, for money immediately, a red flag should go up, especially when they say, give it to me by wiring or give it to me by, um, you know, a, a, a card uh, such as a credit card or a debit card. That should alert you right away that, whoa, wait a minute. And another thing is sometimes you might have an outstanding debt. You hear on the radio where they'll say you have a $10,000 debt, but the IRS accepted $1,000. Well, when you hear that over the phone, I kind of say, wait a minute. That's a, that's a red flag. Think about that. So addressing your question, you want to block a phone call? Yeah, but if you see uh, one that looks real, you may really fall for it. Um, yeah. So that's the problem. And it's not I don't even answer number. my I don't answer my home phone anymore and I don't even have the answering machine connected. I mean, you know, turned on. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and that we tell people to, to say no. Um, you know, uh, and that's that's something. One of the things you need to be aware of is those that are senior citizens were raised in an era, a time where you trusted people, you talked to each other openly, and a lot of these scammers know that, and they'll prey upon the fact that you're willing to talk about things and try to get information from you. Absolutely. Well, so that so that that, that is a really big, um, in, you know, big big scheme that continues to go on, and I mean we can't re- repeat it enough. Um, True. What, There's a new so, one too that people need to be aware of. It's a new Medicare uh-huh. card scam. And basically, as you know, the government announced that uh, starting with the beneficiaries receiving uh, Social Security benefits uh, this year, they would start receiving a new Social Security card that does not – I'm sorry, a new Medicare card that does not have a Social Security number as, for ID purposes. And mm-hmm. uh, that was signed on law by our past president uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, when that was announced last year, within a month, People were getting calls from people, uh, people who said they were calling from the government, 
and that they wanted to remind people that cards would be coming out without the Social Security number, but would have a new ID number uh, that they would be using. And they say, we just want to confirm that you are who you are. Can you just confirm your Social Security number so we can be sure we have the right person? And some people unwittingly gave mm-hmm. them the Social Security number, thinking uh-huh. that it was a route to preparing the new Medicare card. So that's a new one that, that's coming up and spreading very rapidly. Wow. Yeah, that, it sounds legitimate on its face, but yet yet it is not. So, um, okay, that's 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 one of the latest ones. Are there are there ones now with regard to um, all of the tax changes that that are going to be, be be coming off when we go and do our taxes? Or someone has, I'm sure someone has cornered that market for a new scam with regard to. Well, you know, with the changes with President Trump, we're calling to make sure this or that. I mean, have you heard about that? We we have not heard some of it yet. We are expecting that there will be – they'll try to find a way uh, to, to convince you that the tax uh, uh, law has done something that could be to your benefit or made a mistake. Um, we, we, as I say, we haven't seen some of that yet, but we expect it will come. It's, it's going to come down the line, yeah. Um, in, so, in some way, I mean, uh, it, okay. as I say, something with taxes or whatever. All right. Um, okay. Just feel free to kind of go down the list. What other other? Oh, okay. The other thing I had mentioned. Uh, well, when I mentioned the, the imposter scams, of course, there's one for the grandparents uh, scam, um, and people sometimes are fooled and called and say, "Hi, grandma or grandpa." And without thinking, they might say, oh, is that you, Judy? And they just gave the name of the grandchild. Um, and sometimes the grandchild may have been in trouble or they're in another country. In one case, a woman and I talked about it, she had a grandchild who was going to be working in Haiti, and they're going down with their buddies, and they all talked about it, and they shared the information on Facebook. Hey, we're going to be doing this and that. And she got a call from her grandson, allegedly her grandson, that he got in trouble. He was in Haiti had a car accident, and he was a little uh, tipsy, and um, he's in jail. And hold on, he had a police officer who was going to talk to her. Someone else came online and con- tried to convince her that uh, uh, he was a sergeant down there, and in order to get the individual out of jail, if they could send them some money, you know, $1,000, whatever, wire it to them, that would get him out of jail. Uh, she was thinking wow. about that, so let me go work on that. And uh, then it dawned on her, you know, maybe he's not here, but, then all of a sudden she had attended one of our programs, and she said, wait a minute, this rings a bell. And she told them, uh, okay, she'll, she'll get the money, but she's going to talk to the parents. Click, they hung up. She called the parents. As she called, she heard this young man's voice. Said, Hi, Grandma, how you doing? I'm here. I thought you were going to Haiti. Oh, that's next week. But <laughs> they picked the information up off of the Facebook information these guys were transmitting to each other. Wow. So those are things that you need to be aware of. Um, Another scam so are is a you romance. saying don't tell, don't don't put any of your your travel plans on Facebook then or what? <laughs> they would say avoid doing that because who you who are you telling when you go on Facebook? Right, the world. Not just your family, but the world. It'd be nice to tell them when you came back. I had a great vacation. Instead of mm-hmm. saying we're on vacation, and a lot of people have used Facebook as a way of communicating, forgetting that. You are now communicating to the whole world. It's no longer isolated; it's just family. Yeah. Well, therein you just proved the point by attending one of your seminars and, and equipped with this lady. Aha! Uh-huh. And 
Byron, can you mention, I believe we had talked a few conversations ago about you doing presentations, you go, is it yes. um, AARP members go to senior centers, they go to community centers, where is it that you go to do presentations for the for elderly and 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 the and the uh, the, um, the siblings of 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 elderly people so that they become educated as well? Where do you go? Well, uh, we have uh, we we present uh, wherever we've been asked to come. And obviously, senior centers have asked us to come in. AARP chapters have asked us to come in and speak to their members, and they hold community uh, programs, and we'll speak there. We have uh, we've started speaking uh, in, to, in libraries. People have asked us to come in as a public program in a library. Uh, we've had um, uh, people ask us to come uh, to uh, universities. Uh, we are now working with uh, Central Connecticut State University. In fact, uh, last year in September, we had a big program with Frank Abagnale. If you don't know who he is, he's a gentleman who starred in the movie as Catch Me If You Can as an individual who pretended to be an airline pilot, a doctor, and so forth. Right. Many years. And uh, we had him here, and we had about 1,000 people who showed up, and he explained to people how it happened and what he did and, uh, and why and so on. And it really had you thinking about, oh, my God. And he also then started to give them some things to consider about what could come up in the future. Was he... Was he a master? He was a master in posture, and after all of those um, those identities that that he um, perpetrated, he he did end up getting convicted, right? Yes, he did. He was arrested, convicted, and as part of his uh, community, he gave him a choice to uh, community service, if you will, to assist the law enforcement agencies uh, that would reduce some of his sentences. He did. And he ended up uh, deciding to stay in that opportunity. He continued to work with law enforcement on ways to uh, help um, fool scammers, on ways to avoid people from being scammed. Uh, and he has become a, an excellent uh, consultant worldwide uh, about this. And some of the things he's done uh, have been accepted as ways to avoid people from losing their identity. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's done a good job with it. But finishing up with Go ahead. We have uh, clubs that will ask us to come in, like Rotary Clubs. We'll come in and speak with them. Uh, as I mentioned, we did speak to the universities. We're now working with several universities and, and, and the geriatric classes so that students can see firsthand because they also can be affected, and some of them have told us stories of how they've gotten caught. Um, and so those are different ways. And I tell people, if you really like a presentation, because the presentation that we give is an interactive presentation where – we take the individual into the mind of the scammer. If we can get people to think how they think uh, and focus on the psychology behind the crimes, then the people, the audiences, will learn the, the techniques of the con artist, and they take that information back to the families. Because we are seniors presenting to seniors, there has not been one presentation in which we have not had somebody who said, I was a victim, and shared it with everybody. Um, now, in addition... We work collaboratively with a part of a group called the Connecticut Elder Justice Coalition, and we have partners in there that includes the Attorney General's Office, Department of Banking, Department of Consumer Protection, State Department on Aging, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, just to name a few, IRS, and we have, uh, I've been fortunate, we've trained some of them to be issue experts. I have a team of about 34 in Connecticut that are trained to make these presentations, and um, so we do that. I've, we have spoken in front of conferences, been asked to come and speak in. 
where I spent, spoke to law enforcement uh, of about 300 people, 300 members of law enforcement, both state police, local police, um, Secret Service, where we have worked with them and, and kind of shared information on how, uh, what we've seen, what's going on lately. But the Elder Justice Coalition is throughout all of Connecticut and provides information uh, to individuals of how to protect themselves. And, now, and do, do our other states also have this Elder Justice Coalition? Because, again, we're a national show. We want to let people know about resources beyond Connecticut. Right. Uh, I'm not aware of uh, Elder Justice Coalition uh, being in every state. Uh, they would have to check with their local AARP to see what resources they have with their programs. Okay. Each different. Um, and uh, I'm pleased to say that this little small state of Connecticut uh, has been rated that they realize that of, of all the 50 states, we're number one in volunteer-led presentations. Really? We're number one. We're a small little state, but we're number one in volunteer-led presentations, including Fraud Watch and some of the others. So our volunteers get out there. We, uh, we're on TV. We work with the Better Business Bureau. We're on radio, such as what we're going through <laughs> with you. And we have uh, made connections with hundreds of thousands of people in Connecticut through the, uh, the uh, mass media. Well, that that's wonderful. I, I think that's great. And I, I would just guess that some of, some of the states have some similar things. So all of you listening in the Carolinas, listening in California, listening wherever you may happen to be, please do check that out because I'm sure we're not the only state that's, that's doing cutting-edge things in these areas, and it's very, very important. So with regard to um, other t- t- types of scams, I know on my list I have things such as uh, – Computer scams, we've, we've had some information on that. Things that have having to do with uh, home improvement, caregivers. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, how would you characterize when, when, when we had at the conference I was at, the, um, the, ma- the main um, speakers when we had Detective Solomon, the, the type of um, story that, that was told about, um, I believe it was a caregiver, and then she had... She had her scam down so, so uh, had perfected it so much um, in terms of um, um, procuring all of the person's funds and buying and buying all kinds mm-hmm. of uh, personal goods. How is that? How is that categorized as a scam? Well, basically, what what happened here, and, and this is where we try to teach people, what, especially family members, what to look out for. Uh, yeah. The individual. That- Caregiver, uh, and she would be caregiving for an, uh, for an elderly uh, a member uh, who uh, is alone. Spouse may have been gone, or maybe they've been single all their life, but slowly she became, if you will, a friend of that person to the point where the person started giving them a legal authority over their uh, finances, uh, gave them access to their credit card usage, and these individuals basically took advantage of that. In this case, you mentioned this individual took advantage of that and started uh, drawing money off of this individual's accounts and, um, bottom line, drew enough that uh, she got herself a nice new car, uh, some nice new clothing, some nice new trips, um, and she went from care person to care person as a caregiver. Um, And what we try to tell people is if you have a relative and you've been close to that relative or you've been in touch with them and all of a sudden they get a new caregiver, especially someone who allegedly is hired from the outside, suddenly they're distanced from you or you can't get access to them, there's some indication that something is going on. Um, the, the caregiver took total advantage of this person's uh, trust, 
and scam thousands of dollars out of the individual, thousands of dollars. Um, so, yes, when you go get to a caregiver firm, we say do a lot of research. Check out to see if the, if the caregiver organization or the, the this uh, home care program is indeed legitimate. Try to tell people, even though it's difficult, don't try to get your own personal uh, uh, person because if they're by themselves, you open yourself up to a variety of potential issues, um, taxes on the salary that you're paying them. Uh, are they truly uh, insured? Just things like that you would not run into if you went to a home care uh, program or home care firm. So those are some things you need to be aware of. But, yeah, they, they, the person took total advantage of them because, again, they secured this person's trust and took advantage of it. It was an incredible story that they 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 track tried to track this this woman down for years uh, and ran from state to state. I mean, I wish people had uh, had heard this. Perhaps we can get the um, one of the speakers that told that story. It would be very uh, enlightening for our audience, I think. So that yes, that is a very important important aspect. Delilah, I, I wanted you to ask you. Are you familiar with, like, in reading the news in, you know, in the Myrtle Beach area, what do you see as the most prevalent types of scams that you read about in that area? Maybe it differs a little bit because it's more of a travel hospitality kind of uh, industry. I mean, can you think of anything off here? Yeah, it's, well, I don't know that it's it's anything that is um, uh, concentrated just for the elderly, but, of course, in a tourist area, any place, not just Myrtle Beach, you're going to have purse snatchings and um, holdups and things like that. And, of course, the elderly are much more vulnerable to those kind of things when they're out and about um, and not knowing the area. They don't know where to stay away from. So, mm-hmm. you know, we see a lot of that, of course. And, and again, it's you're going to find it in most um, tourist areas, not just here. But, there, right. you know, I've I've read about a lot of the phone scams and a lot of the same things that Byron has already described. It, it's happening here as well. The other mm-hmm. thing, too, a lot of find people that go on vacation, you hear pre-vacation problems. For example, uh, you'll see people want to rent a condo for a month or so at these areas, and they'll go online and they'll get online, hey, I got a great opportunity for you. Here it is, send me $1,000, and you've got it for a week, and you can pay – and they go down and they find out they don't have it. It was a false uh, imposter who represented them improperly, but walked away with their their money. A real uh, estate has... imposter. How do, how does that how does that work? Yeah, because that's very relevant to a lot of us that own property in that area. And what they do is they will look uh, scan the area and find out that you've got places that you want to rent. Uh, you you might have a place yourself, uh, Donna. You say, I think I want to rent this, and I'm going to go through a reputable agency. And you do. But you have other people who recognize that. They'll set up their own, quote, agency online, and they'll put their own uh, advertisement out there. And when you call, they'll put up that place that you want to rent, saying, we have this, so forth. And put all the information that they had gleaned legally, they'll use from an illegal standpoint to get you to give them a deposit, and in one case, we had uh, one uh, one place that was rented four or five times or had four or five different deposits, and people realized too late that it was a fraud. So they get there, and they're ready to, like, move in, and then what? Uh-huh. what it's all locked up and no one's there? 
or or someone's already there, and they say, "I thought this was mine," and they say, and you as the owner say, uh, "Who are you? I've, I'm renting this out to to Byron. Who are you?" Um, so wow. you you were out of the you, you weren't involved at all, uh, and it happens. It happens legitimately. Better Business Bureau can uh, can give you tons of things of where people have gotten fraudulent opportunities presented to them of housing, travel schemes. Hey, we can give you a, a three week vacation down in Florida with this and give you make it look real good. Send you five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. You it's not too much at, at first, and you're in, and you'll get all the emails back as it has been done and so forth. And then finally, when you're ready to go and you get down there, you find you don't have anything. That's that's incredible. That's awful. Is there like a one stop shopping source? like in, in, in each state where you could actually, before you click that button or commit any money, to, to check this out to make sure it's legitimate, what would you recommend with regard to the, these real estate scams or these vacation scams? Well, I'd recommend that people investigate it. One of the obvious best places to go is to Better Business Bureau just to find out if there have been any reports about this organization, if there has been any problems with them. And if you do have suspicion or you feel you've been taken, then go to the consumer protection uh, group in your particular state to see if they can help you as well. Uh, and but again, you know, go online uh, if you have access to a computer. Go online to find out does I give you a better vacation incorporated really exist? Mm-hmm. So because what if they don't have complaints from the Better Business Book Bureau? It hasn't caught up to them, or, or they're they're expecting to go in you know like three days, and they don't have time for for people to do a check or something. I mean, there's got to be like a fast way to figure out if this is legitimate or not, right? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> and oh, and that there is no one stop. You know, you, each individual area might have something to help you, but there is no one place that can say. I can handle uh, retirement. I can, I'm sorry, not retirement. I can handle vacation. I can handle this. That's why the scammers prey upon. By the time you get this information, if you want to wait to the last minute, they've already got you. This it's is why late. you need to do this up front. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm one for doing lots of research with everything and taking a lot of time. And sometimes people make fun of me, but it pays off in the end if you. If you take the time versus doing things last minute, is is that not a good lesson? That that is true. You know, uh, remember it's your your fun that you want to have. It's your money. Take the time to make sure it that it's what you want to do is going to be proper and safe for yourself. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a very good um, that's a very good lesson to impart um, to our audience here. Um, with regard to, you know, I know it's winter time and here it's pretty cold and and we had some awful weather coming, uh, you know, before Christmas that was absolutely intolerable, like you know, Antarctica. But we, with this weather, there also is going to be um, home improvement kinds of scams as well. Is is that is that true as well? Yes, it is. It is. You know, in the fall time, you'll have people come in and say, "Hey, we can clean your gutters for you. Uh, we can give you new gutters." Uh, winter time, we can take a look at your your heating uh, units. Be sure it's heating properly. What we say again is, if you have anybody who uh, calls and says we can do this, uh, check on the company first. If somebody comes to your door to offer it, don't take any services that is provided by a door-to-door salesman. Many communities have required uh, laws that they have to follow to be able to go door-to-door. 
I'd ask them for their permit. That's the first thing. Do you have a permit from the city to go door-to-door as a salesperson? Uh, and, again, I would not make a decision right there at the doorstep. I would thank them very much and uh, go back and, and verify and check. So there's ways you need to protect yourself by not making a quick decision. Someone will come to the door and say, look, you have a problem with your driveway, uh, but I just did the one down the street. Uh, if you give me a $500 deposit, I can come back and I can fix that for you. You'll give them a $500 deposit, they don't show up. They're gone. So, yeah, yeah. I, door to door I say, forget it. Don't, do not uh, provide information or take their, quote, best package that they offer from door to door. Right. Well, you know, to me, too, these, these people can be very skilled about there's some elderly that just will not open the door to anyone, which is good. But then there's the opposite. Um, I've run into this at work, uh, working with clients where they've opened the door and someone came in for a couple of hours. How do you oh, yeah. prevent, how do you prevent what, what are some of the um, what are some of the scripts that people use to gain entry into elderly people's homes and, you know, maybe potentially rob them or whatever? Is there anything in particular that you know of? Well, quite a few. I mean, for example, we have a case in one of the senior communities where uh, an individual pulled up in a white van, two men got out, and they were dressed in what appeared to be like overalls and a uniform, knocked on the door and indicated to the lady that, hey, we're here we want to inspect your, your pipes. We're part of the senior association's a maintenance crew, and uh, the only thing we ask for is a $50 to, uh, deposit and just give it to us in cash. We'll check it out. If there is no need to do anything, we'll give you $50 back. If not, the $50 will go toward uh, the, the, uh, uh, the fee that's going to be uh, extracted for, for replace, repair. The gentleman mm. and the lady went downstairs and went through all her pipes, while the other gentleman she forgot about was upstairs. Uh, she had gone back first to get her money, which she had kept hidden in the drawer. She gave him the $50 cash. They went through it. After about a half hour and 45 minutes, she came back up with her and said, your pipes are fine, man. We don't have to do anything. Here's your $50 back. Thank you. We'll go on to the next neighbor. And got into the car and they, in a van rather than drove away. She took her $50 and went back to her bedroom, opened her drawer to put her money in, and discovered all the money she had kept there was gone. While the first guy kept her busy, the second guy was stealing. So we say to people, you know, before you let anybody in your house, you verify their authenticity. Require them to give you the ID. And if you are still concerned, close the door and then call the particular company to see are they indeed someone that was sent out to them. Will will the police respond to something like that as well? If you indicate that you potentially have a threat, they'll they'll respond. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing I tell people. If you if you become a victim, don't be ashamed of it. Contact your local police. Let them know so that they can alert others that there is someone in the area that is doing uh, something fraudulently. Um, and hopefully nothing will happen to you physically, but you know, that's one of the concerns you have to be as you're elderly. Uh, they'll steal your money and, and hopefully not hurt you and just disappear. But, uh, yeah, you need to contact the authorities if you realize you've been a victim. Um, if you see something suspicious, Give the police a call. Let them know. Um, usually many police departments in the cities will have an officer who is basically responsible or will be associated with uh, elder care problems uh, or issues. Not all of them do this, but it's something we've recommended so that everybody has at least one law officer they can turn to locally to say, i got a problem. And that person, uh, we've had uh, reverse 911 calls in our community where they've indicated 
be aware we've been told someone is doing such and such or cars have been vandalized, whatever, and they alert the community that way because people have called in uh, activity that they either were a victim of or they saw. Right, and uh, you, I guess you can't underestimate the value, too, of good um, observant neighbors that, you know, that you trust and, and they can kind of look out for for the elderly people, right? Absolutely. Here's the case where I say, you know, neighbors protect each other uh, by observing. And, and don't feel, uh, as the police would say, do not be afraid to call. It's better to call and have us check it out uh, and have nothing actually happen than to find out later that something had happened and you hadn't called. Right. Um, just just to give you a little time check, I think we have about 11 minutes or so. Um, is this fast? Going One thing by? we haven't Go ahead. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on is identity theft. Um, yes. And okay. I, that's something that people need to be aware of because that happens and is probably one of the largest, uh, one of the top three that happens. Um, for example, people will go, uh, whether they're on vacation or uh, they're traveling uh, on business uh, locally or they're going shopping, and they go to an area that has public Wi-Fi, and they want to go ahead and access their email or get additional money or go online and get credit card. We say to people, if you're going on a public Wi-Fi system in one of those public kiosks, don't don't go in and enter, uh, go online for any of your bank or credit card or personal accounts because you don't know who's there, who might be sitting. And you see the you see the the, the uh, commercial on TV sitting across the way who may be have uh, hacked into that Wi-Fi, and now they're getting your information. Also, some of the Wi-Fi's in coffee shops and hotels are fake. You don't know that. Um, and therefore you have put on some of your own personal information. So we tell people don't put on information uh, on your Wi-Fi uh, when you're in a public area. Always so in other words, that... if you're sitting at Starbucks and you're having uh, your coffee and, you know, pastry or whatever, and you want to check, don't check your bank account from any of these kind of public places. Absolutely, because you don't know what's real and what's not real. Uh, and, you know, we tell people, if you can, don't let your mobile device automatically connect to a nearby Wi-Fi. You know, check your, your settings when you sit down to see, am I on Wi-Fi? And if you find you are, the first thing I'd say is, is don't send anything out that's personal, that contains your personal information. Uh, the, the other thing we say to people is when it comes to protecting yourself is um, it, it seems simple, but a lot of people still do it. Don't put your, your bills or anything in the mailbox and put up the red flag. Take that mail and deliver it uh, to the post office yourself because if you put that in there, and I've had this happen. We had one individual at a presentation get up and tell people she had put her, her credit card bill in there with a check and sent it on. Um, about two weeks later, she went to apply to use her credit card, and they wouldn't take it. Called the credit card company and found out that she said, uh, by the way, you know, what's happened? I said, well, ma'am, you called us and told us your card had been stolen. We gave you, we had your, you gave us your, your check uh, accounting, uh, you gave us your routing system, and you gave us the old credit card number. We issued a new credit card to your new address. Somebody Ooh. had gone to her mail, pulled it out, saw her, her, her invoice there. Uh, it was a check there, saw her, her check number, saw her routing from the bank, saw her credit card number, and they went on and, and convinced the credit card company that her card was stolen and they want to have a new one. And then, by the way, they did move. And she found out that's how they got her ID. 
Uh, I, I just think those, yeah, the, uh, putting your mail out there in the mailbox, the, it's you're just too vulnerable. Somebody can drive by and you know and 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 take your take your checks or somehow, like I say, um, get get access to all of that. So even though it might be a pain, it's much better to bring it to the post office if you're mailing that way. And there, there's 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 vulnerabilities with paying your bills electronically as well. I know we haven't talked much you know about computer scams i mean there are those elderly people that are very savvy and computer literate but i'm finding that the older that you get there's a majority of people that just don't don't do any a lot online they might look at facebook pictures or something but maybe you know maybe we should address that uh address that a bit what what in general would you say about computer scams one thing you have to be aware of, sometimes you'll get an email that, that looks real from your bank, and it'll say that uh, there's a, a problem with your bank account. Please enter right. your account here, and, uh, and, and you know, that way they can confirm it's you and, and correct it. And when that happens, I say don't respond. Pick up the phone and call the bank directly. They'll do the same thing with credit cards. If there's a problem with your account, and, again, it looks like it's real, like a real uh, credit card company, uh, but it's not. So anytime you get something like that online, go right, go to the, your credit card and call the number on the back or go directly to your bank and talk to the bank about that as well. And you'll find it in most cases, and not most cases, in most all cases, that it's false because they won't do that. They won't send you an email uh, phishing, hoping that they can get information right. from you. Uh, we've had that with our internet service providers, with you know all kinds of things. If they can grab the, the, their icon, and it looks mm-hmm. similar to AT and T or whatever, so you know there's so many things to to become aware of. But in in particular, like I say, we have about six minutes or so. What what other things in general do people need need to know with regard to the vulnerabilities of of elderly and um, or or maybe we can spend the time in, in talking about um, how do the how do the, the the sons and daughters of elderly convince their um, elderly parents that you know no you can't trust this person or if they want to convince them to maybe help them take over some of the financial burdens and and all of that kind of thing do you is there anything in in general you would recommend? If you see that they're becoming a victim or more are a victim more than once and, and they kinda can't see the forest for the trees, they still think they have it under control and they don't? Mm-hmm. I this is where you need to be able to sit down and talk with them in a way that's not threatening to them. Because remember, uh all they'll see is the fact that you're taking away something as of their independence and, and that's something they don't want to give up. Um it's hard, but you need to sit down and, and with them as a family member, review what's going on. Uh, and see if they'd be willing to share some of the information with you. Um, and even then, you have to be careful. Uh, you know, if it's a son or a daughter, that may be okay. Um, you know, maybe a, a family member. Uh, but, you know, sometimes some of the worst, um, unfortunately, uh, cases we hear have been those who have convinced their elderly uh, relatives to turn over their assets to them, and they've taken them for a ride as well in a negative way. Uh, but. You need to learn how to sit down and touch base with them and probably talk, touch base with them before uh, things come along and say, hey, by the way, if you do need help, feel free to call me and I'll be willing to help. You know, in a way that you, know, you can touch base in a non-threatening way where they see you as a partner because um, it's very difficult to want to, to, to be willing to give up something you've done all your life to someone else. 
That's a tough yeah. one. That's Absolutely, and then you get into the issues of becoming a a power of attorney versus, um, you know, the various types of conservators, and and, and that's a minefield as well. It is. One other thing, too, you know, we've had this this, uh, hacking of Equifax, and I see people are running out trying to get all their protection right now, and they're getting, uh, basically, I'd say the people wait for 12 to 18 months. Then go get your security, uh, go ahead and get your credit uh, capped, and, and, and on. Because in most cases, with all the hullabaloo that's going on, someone who's going to hack you will not do anything in the next, you know, first five or six months because everybody's uh, uh, ears are going to be up, their eyes are going to be focusing on their accounts and so forth. But as time goes by, they'll, they may take advantage. And why do I say that? We had a case here with Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, in Connecticut. And it wasn't until about 12 to 18 months after that whole thing came to light of how their, their records were hacked into that people started seeing uh, attempts to get uh, false IRS filings, uh, identity issues. So they'll wait until the hullabaloo dies down, and then they'll go after them. That's when we say that's when you should start thing, making requests to have uh, your credit uh, watched and observed. Or, or, and does that include? I know it's it's a really um, cumbersome and arduous uh, having your accounts frozen, and there's a a downside to that when you want to try to get them unfrozen on your own behalf. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I did that myself. I put a freeze on it, and I went to buy a car, and I got a call. Uh-huh. I was actually in in the shop, and, and the gentleman said, "Sir, we we can't get your credit." And I go, "Oh God." That's right. I went ahead and put a credit freeze on. So I had to give them permission to have them uh, allow them access. That, that, you're right. When you put a credit freeze on, you got to be aware of it. And there is a little bit of a fee, but for those in Connecticut over a certain age, I believe it's 65, uh, there is no charge. And I believe they're trying to adjust that age down lower. Okay. Well, it, you know, the old saying, no, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> so. <laughs> True. You could try to have all your ducks in a row, and it still sometimes backfires. Delilah, do, do you have uh, do you have other issues that you might want to bring up in the last couple of minutes with regard to Byron? I think you've really covered this this issue very very well and very thoroughly. And um, I think you know the, all of us that are aging. Um, uh, we, there, you're right. There's, there's no way I want to give up my independence. However, hopefully, when when that day comes, we will have the wherewithal to understand and to to see that this is best for us. Right, right. And you know, for those, I'll, I'll kind of plug Connecticut. Um, if you'd like to have a presentation, so you can get some of this information, some of these tools, you can talk, contact Erica Mikulowski directly. If you have a pencil, here's the phone number. It's a 860 area code, 548-3163. That is for here in Connecticut. Her email address, I'll spell this out, is E, Amazon Michael, I-C-H-A-L-O-W-S-K-I at AARP.org. And that will help her. If you want to join the Fraud Watch, as I mentioned before, it's free. You don't have to be a member of AARP, and you just go with it uh, online to www.aarp.org O-R-G, forward slash fraud watch network, and hopefully you'll get uh, a, become a member, 
Second of all, uh, if you'd like to have a presentation, we're very willing to, to, to be out there. We are booked um, all the way into, into next November. Wow. Uh, but we have, as I say, 34 individuals who we've been trained to provide this. I've been very pleased and proud of this group. I, I'm the lead volunteer of them. They are outstanding, uh, and they are very passionate uh, in, in how they do this, and we are very willing to assist where we can. Well, um, thank you so much. It's, it's, it's been very valuable, and I look forward to um, forthcoming um, presentations from a couple of other people on topic areas. And thank you for the opportunity for us to enrich the menu of shows that we do have. So thank you again, Byron. Um, we're going to close out today's um, edition of Shattered Wives. For now, thank you, Delilah. And Byron, let's do keep in touch, please, okay? And be sure to to circulate this to all of your social media friends if you would, so that we can continue to raise awareness and educate people and keep elderly people safe. So thank that, you, thank you for having me. Yes, yes, my pleasure. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Saturday Live Video. Take care of Lady Justice.